Today is the 14th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today as we take our uh, as we take our places around the global campfire and just exhale. Has it been uh, how has it been the beginning of the year for you? Hectic or smooth or or whatever, whatever it is, there's this place that we come to hear from God and we let his word reach into our lives. And so we have this one place where we can just exhale and just let the Bible speak to us. So let's get to that. We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. And uh, we got this drama, this considerable family drama happening in the Old Testament where this man, Jacob, who got married and woke up to the wrong girl. And then a week later, got the right girl, but now he's married to two sisters. And (laughs) that's not going so great. And that's where we pick up the story. Genesis chapter 30, verse 1 through 31, verse 16. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she envied her sister. Give me sons or I will die, she said to Jacob. Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, Am I in God's place? Who has withheld offspring from you? And she said, Here is my maid, Bilhah. Go sleep with her and she'll bear children for me, so that through her I too can build a family. So Rachel gave her slave Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me. Yes, He has heard me and given me a son. So she named him Dan. Rachel's slave Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, In my wrestlings with God, I have wrestled with my sister and won. And she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, She took her slave, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's slave, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! And she named him Gad. When Leah's slave, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son, Leah said, I am happy that the women call me happy. So she named him Asher. Reuben went out during the wheat harvest and found some mandrakes in the field. When he brought them to his mother Leah, Rachel asked, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah replied to her, Isn't it enough that you have taken my husband? Now you also want to take my son's mandrakes? Well then, Rachel said, He can sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come with me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So Jacob slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, 
and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to my husband, and she named him Issachar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time my husband will honor me because I have borne six sons for him. And she named him Zebulun. Later Leah bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son, and she said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add another son to me. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children that I have worked for, and let me go. You know how hard I have worked for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, Name your wages and I will pay them. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you, and how your herds have fared with me. For you had very little before I came, but now your wealth has increased. The Lord has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do something for my own family? Laban asked, What should I give you? And Jacob said, You don't need to give me anything. If you do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Let me go through all your sheep today and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark-colored sheep among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not speckled or spotted, or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. Good, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That day, Laban removed the streaked and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats. Everyone that had any white on it, and every dark-colored one among the lambs, and he placed his sons in charge of them. He put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flock. Jacob then took branches of fresh poplar, almond, and plain wood, and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes on the branches. He set the peeled branches in the troughs in front of the sheep, in the water channels where the sheep came to drink, and the sheep bred when they came to drink. The flocks bred in front of the branches and bore streaked, speckled, and spotted young. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face the streaked sheep and the completely dark sheep in Laban's flocks. 
Then he set his own stock apart and didn't put them with Laban's sheep. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob placed the branches in the troughs in full view of the flocks and they would breed in front of the branches. As for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put out the branches. So it turned out that the weak sheep belonged to Laban and the stronger ones to Jacob. And the man became very rich. He had many flocks, female and male slaves and camels and donkeys. Now Jacob heard what Laban's sons were saying. Jacob has taken all that was our father's and has built his wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob saw from Laban's face that his attitude toward him was not the same as before. The Lord said to him, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. Jacob had Rachel and Leah called to the field where his flocks were. He said to them, I can see from your father's face that his attitude toward me is not the same as before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that with all my strength I have served your father, and that he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times, but God has not let him harm me. If he said, The spotted sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born spotted. If he said, The streaked sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born streaked. God has taken away your father's herds and given them to me. When the flocks were breeding, I saw in a dream that the streaked, spotted, and speckled males were mating with the females. In that dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see. All the males that are mating with the flocks are streaked, spotted, and speckled. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you poured oil on the stone marker and made a solemn vow to me. Get up, leave this land, and return to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah answered him, Do we have any portion or inheritance in our father's family? Are we not regarded by him as outsiders? For he has sold us and has certainly spent our purchase price. In fact, all the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. So do whatever God has said to you. Matthew 10, 1-23 Summoning his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. 
Jesus sent out these 12 after giving them instructions. Don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals, or a staff. For the worker is worthy of his food. When you enter any town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Greet a household when you enter it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone does not welcome you or listen to your words, Shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me, to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Psalm 12 Oppression by the Wicked For the Choir Director According to Shimonith, A Psalm of David Help, Lord, for no faithful one remains. The loyal have disappeared from the human race. They lie to one another. They speak with flattering lips and deceptive hearts. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks boastfully. They say, through our tongues we have power. Our lips are our own. Who can be our master? Because of the devastation of the needy and the groaning of the poor, I will now rise up, says the Lord, 
I will provide safety for the one who longs for it. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. You, Lord, will guard us. You will protect us from this generation forever. The wicked prowl all around, and what is worthless is exalted by the human race. Proverbs 3, 13-15 Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, Nothing you desire can equal her. Okay, so yesterday in the book of Matthew, uh, we actually just kind of did a deep dive into the backstory, like all the different things, the disruptions, the subversions that Jesus' message was bringing, especially the disruption to, to the, those who were devout religious leaders. And we talked about how they were like, you know, the reason he can do the stuff that he's doing is because he's empowered by the evil one to do these things, which Jesus will address that plenty of times. And so we'll talk about that when we get there. But the bottom line was that yesterday's reading gave us a glimpse into what Jesus was seeing. He was seeing a human harvest on behalf of God bringing earth's people back to God. And he was out in the harvest doing that. And we need to notice what he was doing because what he wasn't doing uh, was coming up with an evangelism curriculum. What he was doing was talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and awakening people's awareness to it. He was telling them that the thing they have been waiting for is already happening if they have eyes to see and ears to hear. And then he was demonstrating that reality through his ministry works. And then he's kind of lamenting to his disciples, this is a big harvest. The harvest is ready. The laborers are few. Pray that there'll be more, more to go do what I'm doing. So we moved into Matthew chapter 10 today, and Jesus is commissioning his disciples to go and do exactly that. He's sending them into this harvest he was talking about. So if this is the first opportunity for us to see Jesus sending out friends that he loves, his closest people, sending them out into the harvest, then we should pay attention. So I'm quoting the Bible here. Summoning his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. May I point out that it wasn't Jesus' death 
and resurrection, his work on the cross that made this possible. He hasn't gone there yet. These are just 12 people that Jesus picked who are ordinary human beings. Uh, He's basically saying, look, just go do what you've seen me do. So he gave some instructions to equip them on this mission, on this journey. So let's take a look at uh, what he said to do or don't do. Don't, he says, take the road that leads to the Gentiles and don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, so we can read that and go like, well, the mission of the world, of all the world's people, is to try to um, tell the house of Israel um, that they're lost sheep and should return to God. And we can look at something like this. Jesus saying, like, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to Samaritans, just go to lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, uh, and, and go like scratch our heads and say, well, th- is this not like kind of in conflict with the Apostle Paul who's saying that the work of Jesus was to bring everyone, all nations together back to God? Isn't that the story that God told Abraham, the story that we're reading through in the Old Testament now that all nations of the earth would be blessed through him? So why is Jesus just being so exclusionary and so exclusive here? And believe me, there's plenty of different doctrines and different ways uh, that people have interpreted and tried to uh, live out what, what Jesus is depicting here. Since we know uh, from the beginning of the story with Abraham, and since we know through the writings of the Apostle Paul that yes, in fact, Jesus did come to restore uh, all of the earth's people back to himself. No Jew, no Greek, no male, no female, etc., etc., that Jesus isn't giving an exclusionary instruction here. He's telling them to go to their people. These are uneducated Hebrew fishermen for the most part and tax collectors, zealots, like different kinds of Hebrew people, but they have that in common. So he's not asking them uh, to go without any education whatsoever into cultures they absolutely do not understand and have never had any kind of interaction with. He's saying, like, just go into the harvest in the world that you live in, in the culture that you understand, and as you do it, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's it's interesting because Jesus' pitch isn't, hey, you're lost without me, accept me. His pitch is, The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the message that was awakening the hearts of Jesus' hearers. And there was a reason. And they were misinterpreting it. They'd been waiting for this. They were waiting for a Messiah, a Redeemer, somebody to come and announce the kingdom of heaven is at hand and get everybody to rise up and revolt against these evil Romans who are occupying their ancestral land, which hadn't been their own land for well over a millennia. So Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand 
awakened things inside of them. And they thought this was going to manifest itself in a unified Israel. When all Jesus was saying is, if you have eyes to see or ears to hear, you will see that God has never stopped working among you. You have silenced him. Wake up and see what's actually happening and what's actually available right now if you simply have eyes to see it. And it's no different for us today. We share in the same kinds of blindnesses. And Jesus came to awaken us. So he tells them, uh, go, like, go. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then he's like, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Like, <laughs> like, just go do those four things. That's just a whole complete sentence. It, I'm just like thinking to myself, if I'm standing there in the crowd of friends and Jesus is like, look, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. I like, I don't even know what to do with a command or even an invitation like that. And he's just saying it matter of factly because he's just been doing it matter of factly. And we can think that he can just do it that way because well, he's the son of the living God. And yet he's telling his friends who have no education, who do not understand theology, who are not practitioners of doctrine. He's telling them to simply go and do what they've seen him do. And then he tells them, freely you received, freely give. Right? Like this is a wide open posture. We're not trying to carve off a little piece of the action for ourselves that we can hide in a tent somewhere under the ground. We're not angling for how uh, the optics of our ministry might look and who might be able to see us being all holy and pious. Jesus hated that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff he goes after in the Gospels because it's false. It's a veneer of falseness. It's a curated reality that's not real that we can even deceive our own selves into believing, but it's not true or real. And Jesus can't stand what's false because it's a lie. It's a deception. It's the cloud that plagues the human race. It's the thing that's been going on since the Garden of Eden and the deception at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When we look at Jesus, we see a person who sees this clearly and is working diligently to do everything conceivable to get people to wake up to what's going on so that they can become aware and change the story. And it's a wide open story. Freely you received, freely give. Don't acquire gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road, extra shirt, sandals, or staff. Everybody's worthy of their food and so on and so forth. And those like those last instructions, we could be like, he's sending them out completely unprepared. 
anything could go wrong and they won't be prepared to deal with any of it. So what can we learn from this? I, I like to be prepared. In fact, I think obsessively so, like maybe at times even in unhealthy ways to be prepared to care for those who are in my charge, whoever they might be. And so I can look at this and say, this would be really difficult for me to just walk out my front door and walk into completely unprepared. And that's the thing. That's the thing about Jesus. That's what he was doing. And yet he never... Like, there's no stories of Jesus staring off into space completely lost. Right? Like, there's never a depiction of him sitting on a rock down by the Sea of Galilee praying a prayer of, like, what the heck am I doing? Uh, I have no idea what the next step is. He, he knows when he needs to know. He does what he needs to do. He's always looking behind the false and finding the true and exposing the true. And that causes incredible amounts of disruption because we're so used to hiding. People don't like that. And yet it's the truth that will bring us into the presence of freedom. So there's Jesus' instructions. And then, and then like to put the little cherry on top of all of this, Jesus very, very clearly, after he's telling his friends to simply go, he tells them what to expect. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be shrewd as a serpent and innocent as a dove. Beware of them. They'll hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. Right? Like that's basically like saying they're going to, they're going to take you to court and they're going to drag you into church and beat you up. You'll even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about what you're going to say. You'll be given what to say at that hour because it isn't you speaking, but it's the spirit of your father that's speaking through you. And now we get some clues about our own preparedness and our own strength. Jesus is saying this kingdom work isn't something that you can simply arrange for by your own brute force. It doesn't work that way. You can begin to do this kingdom work, the kind of work you're seeing me do, when you are out of the way and out of control so that the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Okay, like I know that we've covered some serious ground here um, that can uh, feel highly theological in nature. Jesus isn't making it highly theological though. We just make it highly theological to try to understand what he's saying to do. And what he's saying to do and what he's saying we are going to be experiencing as we do it, we should be aware of because like, it's so easy to just sign up for the Santa Claus in the sky. 
that, that we just have to ask for what we need and he's just going to drop it in our laps and that's how life is supposed to work and then we're so angry when it doesn't work that way and yet here we are in the bible uh, jesus the son of god is speaking here and telling us what our reality is supposed to be like and how is it that we have such a disconnect so he's like i'm sending you out like sheep among wolves and and you got to be smart about it you got to stay innocent you don't play that game just beware you're gonna face some opposition you might be in court you might you might get beat up in church you might be brought before governors and kings but you're you're gonna bear witness you're gonna reveal the kingdom in that situation so don't worry about what you're gonna say it's not gonna be you speaking you've simply become open and available to go into this situation so that God can speak through you to them. It's not about you. Brother will betray brother to death. Father will betray his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You're going to be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That's kind of Jesus' pitch. So why are we so confused when what he says would happen does? There's a concept that's kind of being introduced here. There's a theme that threads its way through the teachings of Jesus and through all of the teachings of the New Testament. And that is that if you want to truly live, then you first have to die to yourself. And now we are beginning to see what that might look like. And so Jesus, we love you. We trust you. We believe you. And yet what you're saying it kind of disconnects when we actually experience challenge and opposition. We very, very much want to live into our identity as your children. And so we focus v very diligently on who we are in you and what we can do because of you. And yet we are watching you in the Gospel of Matthew, we are watching you light in the darkness. People amazed and overwhelmed. We are watching this, but we are also watching the darkness envelop and try to smother you. And you are simply saying, you need to be awake. You need to be aware. You need to be shrewd as a serpent. You need to be innocent as a dove. Because the darkness is going to do everything it can to swallow you too. And yet we acknowledge that you have told us we are the light of the world. And so help us, Father, understand what that means and how important that is and how vital, how vital it is that we stay true and that we allow your work to remove from us what is false so that we too can announce the kingdom and live in the light as you are in the light 
no matter what the darkness may do. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus, your precious name we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here, so be sure to stay tuned and connected. The community section of the website, and by the way, all of this can be accessed through the Daily Audio Bible app as well. Just push the drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner. But the community section is where the prayer wall lives. It's where all the different links to our social media channels are, so check that out. Uh, you can also check out the Daily Audio Bible Shop, which is uh, chock full of resources that are intended to, well, to accompany you on the journey through the Bible in a year. Uh, so check those out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link on the homepage. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or, if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, you can hit the hotline button, the little red button that lives at the top of the app screen. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that is it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, DAB. This is Kathleen in Mount Zion, Illinois. And um, I'm just calling today for an urgent prayer request. I'm sorry. Hopefully, hopefully you can hear me. Uh, so my daughter, uh, my whole family was just together in San Diego and seemed Things seem things seem to be well, and then um, everybody flew back to their own places. And my daughter uh, went to Dubai, where she uh, lives, Abu Dhabi in Dubai. Um, anyway, that area, and um, she's been having migraines, and found out that there's uh, lesions on her brain, and and some odd-shaped uh, things on her brain, some oval-shaped uh, things. They don't know what they are. And um, so they're going to do another MRI. They have to wait till February for some reason. And I just want everyone to pray that these things will go away, that this will all be healed before her next MRI. And also, I need a way to get over to see her and so that she won't be alone during this time. And anyway, so we're working on all that. And I just, I just pray people that, that this will be a, a miracle will happen here and that this will all be healed. So I just hoping you could pray with me. And thank you so much, family. Good morning. <clears throat> this is Duncan Holmes from Fredericksburg, Texas. I am the first, I, I think I've sent recordings before, but I think only one was successful. So let's pray in the two minutes I have. I am totally blind, so I don't know when this thing shuts off until voiceover tells me. Because when I'm recording, we don't have voiceover. Let's pray. Father God, I bring uh, Reed to you and any others on this community line who are hurting 
whatever is happening. Apply, Father, your balm of Gilead. Apply whatever it would take to uh, comfort them, but to walk them through whatever they're all going through, for Reed especially. Uh, it breaks my heart when people uh, are, uh, when, when I hear the needs and, and I hear the hurt. Father, uh, for the same, same for this one who calls herself anonymous. My Father, just find me, she find comfort in your word and mighty, uh, stay the path, the course. Uh, Father, I don't know what all the praying I'm being in general here. I don't know what to pray specifically. I thank you for this community. You've kept me in this uh, for group for five years now. My wife, who's now gone on to be with you uh, back in October, uh, she and I did this together every day, except we didn't always do the prayer, uh, didn't always go through the prayers. So Lord, I just ask you to, uh, I just submit all of these to you, Jesus. I know the time is limited, so I better quit. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Please, uh, please uh, be merciful. Amen. Morning, family. I don't normally do mornings, at least not this early. It's Paul from Wales. Um, to the chap in Chicago whose uh, voice was breaking, you were in my prayers straight away. Uh, I could feel it in your voice. Please feel free to ring back with more. I'll have a look on them. Um, on the prayer wall perhaps tomorrow see if there's anything specific to pray about I also just wanted to thank the family whoever had those children uh, ring in uh, with their prayers both my children are fully grown adults and uh, it's so lovely it brought back memories of when they first committed their lives to God and like so many young people they go their own way so this morning Lord I just pray for all those uh, people who gave their lives to you as youngsters and ask that they reconnect with you and come back and make this family so much bigger, so more effective and so more evangelical in your name so that mission might put some right back in this world. Amen. Hi Dabbers, this is Jean. I'm calling in again with a prayer request for the persecuted church. If you remember, uh, I called in about Afghanistan and Algeria, and I was going in alphabetical order, but I wanted to quickly um, step out of order to pray for Nigeria, the Nigerian church. I don't know if you have heard, but over Christmas, there were 11 Nigerian Christians killed in an ISIS Christmas video. The Nigerian church is extremely um persecuted and suffering a lot right now. And again, I'm getting this information from Voice of the Martyrs, but um, it is sharply divided along religious lines. There are about 80 million professing Christians in Nigeria. Um, there are a lot of Islamic militant groups that are persecuting them. And nearly all Christians in Northeastern Nigeria have lost family members to uh, Boko Haram and Islamic militant Fulani violence. There have been entire congregations that have been displaced. Pastors have been forced to leave the region. It takes immense courage to continue to serve Christ in this area. There's a need for Bibles in the north, and um, there's an issue with famine as well in the north. Um, because of the jihadi activities, 
farmers aren't working because they're afraid of being attacked. And it, there's just a lot going on for the Christians in Nigeria. So I just want to lift them up. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would put your hands on the Christians in Nigeria and comfort them, that you would encourage them, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit and meet all of their needs, provide for their physical, emotional, psychological needs, Lord, comfort them as they grieve, give them courage in the midst of danger. I pray that you would give them hearts of forgiveness towards their persecutors and that your word and your gospel would spread. Pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, Anonymous, my sister. This is Michael from Arizona. Um, I've got a new name for you to call the, uh, the Lord. Uh, Brian had, uh, when Brian read it, uh, your faith and uh, thoughts of you came into my mind. And uh, it was uh, the name that Haggai uh, referred to the Lord. She said, you are the Lord who sees me. You are the God who sees me. And I think that's a beautiful, intimate uh, way to, to uh, refer to the Lord. Not only is it acknowledging that he sees your innermost parts in every, every part of you, but it also... Uh, acknowledges that you reveal yourself to him and are vulnerable to him and open yourself like a flower. Uh, it's a very intimate and draws you closer. And I just, I just think it's an awesome name uh, uh, for you to uh, refer to the Lord. So I think it's an answer to your prayer. Uh, and uh, I, I so admire your vulnerability in calling in and turning to the Lord and turning to the uh, Dapper prayer line and uh, being vulnerable. Yeah, I have trouble pronouncing that word. Anyway, uh, I love you, sis. Uh, hang in there and uh, tell the, all that negative negativity to take a hike. You don't have time for it because life is so full. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Brian, and the Daily Auto Bible Community family. My name's Diana Davis, and I'm the one that wrote Jewels of the Bible. I took the Bible line by line. I pulled out the verses and made them rhyme. I Dr. Seuss the Bible. I took it line by line. But I'm leaving it to the world. And I just got the news that I thought I was going to get today. Um, my my uh, cancer started out in my breast, and it metastasized to my brain, and I had ten full head radiations, and then they laser tumored each one. But I, I went back for my CT today, and they're all over my head. And they said the only thing that they could do was put a drill in and inject chemo into my brain. But he said that he wouldn't recommend that for his wife or or whatever. Um, that it would, I wouldn't be the same afterwards. So um, I did everything that I'm supposed to do that they're supposed to do, and, and, and it's at a stop where there's, there's no more to go. So my husband, after 25 years, two weeks after I was diagnosed, drank and drank and drank and got real. So I had to get him out. I have two autistic boys, ages 19 and 22. My prayer is quickly. My son Elijah, he's 19, but he's severely autistic. And I'm so, I know God's going to take care of it. Uh, I know. But please pray that Elijah and Michael get to stay together. Because my older son, who's also autistic, but highly, he's been on the same job three years. But 
he said his biggest fear is getting separated from Elijah. I've got them all set up with everything that I can possibly do. Um, but I just need your, your help and prayers because there's so many people that can listen and pray for my son Elijah. He's autistic and he's so sweet, such a sweet boy. He's going to be really sad. Anyway, I know this is more than two minutes, but Brian, the Daily Audio Bible and Jules of the Bible, you inspired that. I've been listening to you every day for 13 years. Elijah is nice. Hey, Lee in Chicago. It's your brother Bart in Kentucky. I heard your call today, your prayer request on January 7th, and I want to you to know that I'm praying for you, and I know many others are too. Uh, I'm sorry you're having to go through these tough times where everything seems like falling apart. I understand completely. So uh, keep praying to the Lord. Keep asking Him to hold your hand as you walk through this uh, troubling landscape. Uh, He won't let you go, brother, and we'll keep praying for you. Call in and let us know how we can further pray for you in details and what's going on with you. We love you. Have a good day. Have a great day, everybody, all your dabbers out there. Thank you for uh, your fellowship. Thank you, Brian and Joe, for this podcast.